بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على سيد المرسلين وعلى آله وصحبه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا إلى يوم الدين أما بعد ابن عطاء الله in his next aphorism in his next حكمة he says ليقل ما تفرح به يقل ما تحزن عليه ليقل ما تفرح به يقل ما تحزن عليه the translation of this is so that your sadness over something be little let your joy in it be little he's actually mentioning the result first and then the cause afterwards the effect first and then the cause afterwards so what he's saying here is so that your sadness over something be little let your joy in it be little so let your joy in anything be little so that your sadness over it would be little. Now what that means is in most cases the cause of man's grief and worry is the loss of worldly objects. The loss of wealth and property is one example. Nobody wants to be left with nothing. Everybody has some attachment towards their possessions and it would feel quite abusive to one if things were taken off a person. The possession of such objects, on the other hand, produces pleasure and comfort. If anyone wishes to decrease grief and worry, he should decrease his worldly possessions. He will not then possess the things that cause him grief. The greater man's worldly possessions, the greater will be his grief and sorrow the heart will not find peace. Thus, the intelligent man will content himself with necessary requirements and eliminate superfluous possessions. In this way, he acquires the peace and comforts of both worlds. This is, I think, the most difficult thing to do in this world. But even if this helps us to decrease it somewhat, and at least think before we think we need something or even think about what we have then at least we're that much better this is the chapter on abstinence so expect this kind of discussion this is the chapter on abstinence so expect, expect this kind of extreme level now remember this is how the Prophet ﷺ was so if anybody's saying that's harsh, that's extreme it is harsh and extreme for us because we're quite the extreme on the other side. We're a consumer society, massive consumer society. We get what we want, we have access to what we want, what we need, what we desire. Everything is available in this country. We're doing so well. People in other countries, they have to order things from the UK, from America because they don't get those things in those countries. They have to pay extra shipping, etc. More of a price, maybe taxes and duties. We get everything at a good price. So we have access to everything. So this is going to sound really harsh. How can you do this? But that, isn't that the, the way the Prophet ﷺ was? Isn't that how he stayed? Isn't that what he did? Just really on the basic level. So if this even helps us just to think and assess our situation and think again whether we need something or not 
then inshallah this is to be of benefit. So if somebody wants their happiness to continue, then don't ever take anything except Iman of course, that you'll feel really sad at its loss. Because if you feel sad that anything's lost, it means you love that thing. So if I've got this pen and I lose it and I feel sad about it, then that means I love this pen. Now, it could also say that it's because I care for it. You know, I shouldn't lose things. That's right. And pen is an essential at the end of the day. You need it to read and write. So it's fine to have it. But it's not a loss that's going to make you so grievous and so on. Khalas, inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi Allah will give me something better. So it doesn't mean that you can't have anything. But it's how you manage it. And you don't have over what you need. فَإِذَا اقْتَصَرْتَ عَلَى الضُّرُورَةِ وَالْحَاجَةِ مِنْ مَالٍ أَوْ جَاهٍ أَوْ عِزٍ أَوْ غَيْرِ ذَلِكَ فَلَا تَجِدْ مَا تَفْقِدُوا حَتَّى تَحْزَنْ عَلَيْهِ so if you just suffice according to need, only on what's needed out of, from your wealth, whatever wealth you need, that's how much you have and possessions and of honor. You don't try to get too much honor by working hard to get honor. If that means, you know, trying to impress people or trying to do something to get a higher position you know, get a promotion, etc. And you know you're going to lose it. So get it according to your need. I need this to earn a living. I need this to be able to teach well. I need this to be able to do my job well. Whatever the course is. If it's up to that level, then it's justified. Then you need that much. That much you need because as humans, we need that basic level. But to go beyond that purely for the sake of extra and just fulfill desire, then that means we have muhabbat for it. We have love for it. So... He says that if you are going beyond the limit, then you're never going to find something which you will not feel sad over its loss because that is how your mind will become. Because that's the whole reason why you, you're pursuing these things in the first place. It's just the nature of why you're doing these things. Somebody was asked, how come you never feel sad? How come I never see you sorrowful? So he said, he said that I never take on what's going to <clears throat> make me sad. I never put myself into that position to make myself sad. I never set myself up for it. <clears throat> that seems like so difficult for us, isn't it? There's a poet who says, وَمَنْ صَرَّهُ أَنْ لَا يَرَى مَا يَسُوءُهُ فَلَا يَتَّخِذْ شَيْئًا يَخَافُ لَهُ فَقْدًا فَإِنَّ صَلَاحَ الْمَرْءِ يَرْجِعُ كُلُّهُ فَسَادًا إِذَا الْإِنسَانُ جَازَ بِهِ الْحَدَّى That's Anybody who, anybody who it makes happy that he doesn't see something that makes him unhappy. Anybody who is happy never to see unhappiness. Anybody who would like never to see unhappiness. He should never take on anything that he feels he can lose. From the world. Of course, Iman is a different thing. It comes differently. A person can lose the Iman, but generally... The, your, your, it's something that is an objective of this life 
for the hereafter because it's for the next world because then he said that the well-being of a of a person returns entirely to becoming corrupt if the human if the insan goes beyond the limits whenever you go the beyond the limit in anything then anything in this world that you go beyond the limit in will eventually come to uh, will eventually return to nothing will return to corruption because that's the nature of this world once you start taking beyond the limit it's mentioned that uh, one of the kings do you still have kings today the richest people of the world are business people are business people they're, they're much richer today than are um, kings today there are a few kings still that enjoy themselves but otherwise it's really business people that make more and indulge more than than prime ministers and presidents and things like that they make more money so the whole example of a king is a bit kind of it's still it's still there I mean the Sultan of Brunei and you know you, you still have a few like that but it's not the same as it used to be but anyway in those days that's what it was so one of the kings one of the leaders he was once provided this really exquisite exotic juice of some kind some kind of milkshake or something that was provided in a goblet that was studded with some of the best of um, gems and stones and things like that lam yura lahu nadhir you know something that had never been seen before something exquisitely designed and produced for the king you can imagine that so the king got extremely happy extremely excited subhanallah great great piece of work great juice you know imagine what it's going to be so he said to one of the wise people sitting around him what do you think of this kayfa tara hadha so he said he very clearly said arahu musibatan wa faqran i see this as a calamity and i see this as poverty a calamity and a source of poverty he said how is that possible he said look if this breaks because it's not beyond breaking is it if it breaks it'd be a musibah on which you'd have no sabr and patience you'd feel really bad about it yes if it breaks and you don't feel bad about it that's a different story but you are going to feel bad about it it's because it's on a very high level of uh, according to your standard and <clears throat> if it was stolen then you would your heart would lust after it so you would be in need of it you would feel the need for it that where is it gone where is it gone your heart will not be detached your heart will be attached to it and you and if it was stolen you won't find the the same anymore because it's an unprecedented piece of work so it's a unique piece of work so you're not going to find something else like that and he said that before you got that before you received it you were totally safe from the this calamity and this sense of poverty this sense of need you didn't have this need or this calamity before it so you've just gotten yourself into a calamity and then what happened is it actually did break it break it broke and the king did feel really bad about it because it was quite an exotic piece of work and then he said sadaq al hakim that this wise man did tell the truth why did, why was it ne- you know it should never have brought, been brought to me then i would not have attached my heart to it in the first place there's another way to look at this 
which is a better way to deal with these situations in this world. That if you leave your nafs and self and you just leave it to be a target of the decrees of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You just leave it basically to go according to the taqdeer of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and you don't try to confront and interrupt that then you'll be of course this is something that is not easy to do but then he says that you will then rest forever and your happiness will be constant because then it will become such now this is where it now makes sense until now you just like, how can you do that it says but after that you'll come to a state where you'll just be waiting for what's coming from your habib ta'ala so okay what's next from him what's next from him what's next from him but this is kind of unfathomable for us we just live in a situation where it's unfathomable for us to, to do this kind of thing so then whatever it is you'll take it with a warm welcome and you'll take it with great happiness and satisfaction. And this is, <clears throat> I mean, this is when we speak about Radha' bil Qadha' to be satisfied with the decree and the sweetness that comes from it. This is the status that you have to reach to get that. If you make Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala your beloved, then obviously when you make someone your beloved, then anything that comes from it makes you happy. And if along with that comes witnessing the presence of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala which is an, a higher status than that then that is going to be a bounty that is going to last forever and this is what you call the wilayatul kubra this is called the wilayatul kubra the highest form of wilaya man la yu'zal anybody who takes this up and receives this or is garlanded by this is given this position la yu'zal anha abadan he will never be demoted from this state and this position now this is heavy sufi stuff this is like heavy stuff about high levels which we are, we can only hear about and listen to but hopefully this helps us to intend inshallah that state so then he says in the next one then based on that in aratta an la tu'zal fala tatawalla wilayatan la tadumu lak if you do not want to be dismissed then do not take charge of a post that will not always be yours if you don't want to suffer the humiliation of being dismissed then do not take a charge of a post that will not always be yours the way he explains it here is this aphorism is an example of the former statement the kingdom of the world has no true existence of its own it is transitory and perishable and only sustained by Allah do not acquire it in abundance because you will be confronted with the grief of it of being dismissed from it even if you are not dismissed in worldly terms, meaning even if you don't lose it, death will ultimately tear you away from the kingdom. Just the other day, there was somebody who, I, I was about to get in my car and he pulled up. He was just coming along. So he got out and he was about to meet me and he must have come with his phone in his hand. But as he went to embrace me, 
the phone flew out of his hand and you know it was raining so it was a dirty puddle on the side Newham has a lot of these puddles so it fell into the puddle and now that's a massive problem you know that's just a massive issue when you've got an expensive phone and suddenly it's just falling into a puddle then you have to work behind it to try to sort it out the feeling that you're going through you know because these things are expensive nowadays you know they they cost more than your clothing on your back that's how much these things are you know you could buy five six sets of clothing with this you know sometimes 500 pound phone 600 pound phone you could even say 100 pound for a clothing you know like a nice set of clothes for 100 pounds which is a lot that's six pairs of clothing you know so it does feel bad so that that's the way of these things so that's why he says, even if you're not dismissed in worldly terms, so you don't lose it, it doesn't break or anything, death will ultimately tear you away from this kingdom. You will then suffer the grief of dismissal. Not for long though. You'll only feel it right when you lose. When, you, when you're about to die, you'll feel, oh, this, this, what about this, what about this, what about this. That's why you've seen uh, situations of people who are in hospital and they're, they're on a life machine. You know, they're about to die. They, they are in terminal illness and they're still worried about their money and so on because of that attachment to it so they can't they can't go forward they're just stuck in the past they're stuck in this world so they can't look forward and say forget that now brother give all of that in sadaqah you know give wasiyah to his children all that money i've got you know like if you don't need it give it in sadaqah help the poor do something for me no 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 how much is it how much is it right now make sure you look after it what's going to happen you know they don't even think they're going to die in fact because the attachment of the world is so much Hence, abstain from the acquisition of this perishable kingdom. That just seems so far away. Abstain from taking this kingdom. It's, it's just so difficult for us to do that today. Allah make it easy. So, then he explains that the wilaya, which means this high position, that will never... Actually, the wilaya that you will lose, sorry. Any kind of position that you will eventually be at loss from, is the one that comes from creation. Whether that means being a commander, whether that means being a judge, a leader, a president, a prime minister, a director, whatever it means. Same, way, same is wilayatul mal, which means to have a lot of money, to become an owner of a significant amount of wealth. Enough to make you feel good. Enough to make you feel I've got lots. Enough to give you a sense of power. That's what he's talking about. Likewise, a nasab. If it's not one based on taqwa. So sometimes some families are known for their piety. So you feel good that you're in that family. So, you know, or you're getting attached to that family or something. But no, this is all about worldly greatness and so on. It's a well-connected family or something. Or... It's a family of knowledge, true knowledge and taqwa, then it's a good thing as well. So any of these other leadership positions of the dunya, power positions of the dunya, they will eventually perish, they will, they will go and they will leave in its wake humiliation and need. The kind of leaderships, the kind of positions, the kind of honor that comes and will never be at loss is the one that comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Which is to find oneself 
to be given an honor by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to feel independent because of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is looking after me, so I don't need anybody else, to gain his recognition, his knowledge, and to be totally absent from anybody else. This kind of wilaya will never end. It's an honor that will never be lost and some kind of dignity that will remain forever. It's mentioned that Abdullah ibn al-Mubarak, rahimahullah, the great Tabu tabi'i he was uh, just, uh, he was uh, during Imam Abu Hanifa's time, I think he died around, just before the 200s, around 189 or something, Hijri, around, around that time as well. He was obviously one of those ulama who had come from a background of indulgence. He used to indulge himself. In fact, he was considered to be a person who was wealthy and he used to have these drink parties and he used to have his friends come over, they used to have a drink and he used to play an instrument and then one day he heard a verse of the Qur'an which woke him up. He was a Muslim, it woke him up. And the next morning he broke his harp or that instrument that he used to play and then he started to go and study. He studied and then after that it became such that he would go and um, into jihad one year, he would fight uh, you know, at the borders uh, with the Muslim army for one year and for the other year he would teach. So he was a great hadith scholar and he was well respected. So once he came to Harun al-Rashid, he came to visit Harun al-Rashid in Baghdad. And what happened is, when he went into, as he went in, he went past the army, maybe to visit them or whatever it was, the, the whole forces, they were all there. And the forces were so taken aback by him that they were all just, they, they literally just stormed him. Like, you know, like today you see a star that comes in and suddenly everybody wants to get a selfie with them, right? So in those days it was a different story. So they all wanted to shake his hands or whatever it was. And he created a massive commotion down there, you know, totally in disarray like that. And so much so that, you know, people's shoes uh, were lost in the fray because, you know, people are stepping on each other's stone, and lots of uh, dust was thrown up, etc. So there was this... Uh, Ummu Walad, which means one of the slave, one of the slave girls uh, of Harun al-Rashid, she was looking from above from one of the windows. Uh, what is all this commotion and this noise about? And she said, who, who is this? What's going on? She obviously noticed from the top that there's some man and he's being, uh, you know, he, he's, he's been surrounded and, you know, they, they, uh, they, they're all storming him. So he said, this is the alim of Khurasan. He was from Khurasan. Uh, so he's not from Baghdad. You had Baghdad and then you had Khurasan, Mawara al nahr so Khurasan is kind of the Persia and Afghanistan area. Um, so when he came, uh, he said, no, this is the alim of Nisha in uh, Khurasan. So then she says, هَذَا وَاللَّهِ هُوَ الْمَلِكِ وَالْعِزِّ هذا, uh, You can actually read this better. هُوَ الْمُلْكِ وَالْعِزِّ This is true kingdom and this is true honor. That without you doing anything, people are running towards you. You don't have to... You're pleasing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You're not doing strange things on YouTube. You're not doing pranks on YouTube. Which is causing people to, you know, follow you. And then when they see you, the, the, the shaitan makes them come after you because you're shaitan. Right? Basically, you don't have to do anything for this. You're worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You're doing the right thing. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is creating this kind of love for people in, in your sight. You don't have to do weirder things next time just to keep people's excitement towards you. This is the way of the world today. 
You want to be good, you have to do weird things. And then people will celebrate you. So if you're a famous person and you die from an overdose, which is such a bad role modeling, they'll still celebrate you and put a statue up for you. Just because it's all shaitani today. It's as simple as that. People celebrate wickedness today. That's what people do. But then it's very clear to distinguish between whether a person is followed for their shaitaniya or they're followed for their lillahiya, for their divine connection or for their connection to the shaitan. That's basically what it is. Now some people are kind of in between. They don't know, but that's the deception. Somebody who's clearly out there is wrong. You know, the, the, who's doing shaitani stuff, it's wrong. But somebody who's in between, who thinks they're doing a good thing, bringing smile to people's faces, but in the doing crazy things, you know, pranks, uh, humiliating others, just doing weird things, then that's not what you call real stardom. This is what you call real stardom. So that's why she says, by Allah, this is true sovereignty and this is true honor. لا ملك هارون الذي يجمع الناس بالصوت والعصي. Not the kingdom of Harun al-Rashid, her master. You know, who gathers people and keeps them straight through the whip and through staff. So, you know, basically through disciplinary beating. That you have to listen to him because of that. But this, no, this is coming just like that. Now, we might think, okay. But the additional benefit to this is the next point. He says, once you reach a wilaya like this, once you reach a wilaya like this, then it will also come down to your children and your progeny. They will also benefit from this kind of wilaya. Now, if the first one is not worth working for, for ourselves, then definitely the second one. It will then stay with them <coughs> according to the level of that person's honor in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the greatness of his wilayah that's how much influence he'll have on his children the greater the wilayah that's, that's how much more so anybody whose wilayah closeness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala friendship with Allah is greater then that is how much it will remain with his awlad and his friends and accomplices people who are close to him to that, to that level. And that is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَلْيَخْشَ الَّذِينَ لَوْ تَرَكُوا مِنْ خَلْفِهِمْ ذُرِّيَّةً ضِعَافًا خَافُوا عَلَيْهِمْ So, he will not have to worry about his progeny. That's why there was this one scholar in India, Mufti Mudhaffar Sahib, he was talking about his father. And his father would keep nothing. He was a pure example of this hikam. He would keep nothing. His mother, uh, his mother, uh, would have to save up money like Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu anhu's wife did. And this was just about 70 years ago to 100 years ago, right? And I've actually met Mufti Mudaffar sir, who passed away about probably 7, 10 years ago. So his father used to get as much money from the madrasa way he used to teach, enough to survive. His mother had to save up to buy an extra pot or to get this, that or the other, anything that was, you know, he didn't even get enough to have an additional pot or something like that. Then somebody asked his father one day, what are you going to do for your children? Okay, don't do this for yourself, don't get, but have something for your children. And he said, essentially, these are the kind of verses he quoted. He says that if they are pious, then Allah will look after them. Wallahu yatawalla salihin. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala looks after the salihin. And that's what I'm trying to do. <coughs> 
And that's why you have the other example in the Quran from Surah Al-Kahf. وَكَانَ أَبُوهُمَا صَالِحًا When Khidr salam when he went and he went and he built, rebuilt that wall, that renovated that wall. Why? Because he used to belong to orphans whose parents used to be good people. أَبُوهُمَا صَالِحًا Father was a good person, was a pious, righteous person. So even after he's left this world, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is still looking after the children. In a way that they don't even have to worry about it. They're still orphans, they're young, but the, the, the wall is being fixed. However, then he finally says that if you are to take on a wilaya and a position, any kind of friendship and association that will never last forever, then be careful about it. Always remain a precaution. And do not be deceived by the sweetness of its beginning stage. There is a sweetness in the beginning stage of it. That's why we do it. Because its end is bitter. Which is the next one, which we'll look at next time, inshallah. It says, if beginnings make you desirous, endings will make you abstinent. If their exteriors invite you, their interiors will hold you back. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us an understanding of this. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala open up his, his, his bounties for us. Bounty of wilaya. Bounty of wilaya. Not just worldly possessions. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the sahih understanding. The sahih understanding of this. And the closeness to get to it.